Hello and welcome to the Cisco Technology Podcast. It's me, Justin Woolen, and uh, I'm on my own again today. I've got no co-presenters, no co-hosts, or nothing like that. can't be bothered to travel all the way up to Manchester, where I am. Uh, Mark Jackson's unavailable, so I'm on my own. But it's a really, really interesting podcast today, because today we're going to be talking about sports technology and innovation. And I'm joined by... Thank you. Yep, so I'm Martin Henson. I'm one of the systems architects in the UK organisation. Hey, I'm Tim Wade. Um, <laughs> Hello, Tim. I work for NTT, um, and I'm a senior director of architecture in our advanced technologies um, sector, and I focus on sports, luckily. Luckily, because <laughs> yeah. that's what we're here to talk about. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, I mean, this is really interesting, because we've never had any, any sort of podcast like this before uh, for the UK podcast, which is I'm really chuffed with, and I'm really glad that Joachim and all the rest of the co-hosts aren't here today. But... Um, Tim, this is a really interesting one because you you don't work for Cisco, you work for NTT, and that's great because we've actually got somebody other point of view on, <laughs> yeah. uh, for once instead of us going Cisco is great, we should buy <laughs> use Cisco technology, it's awesome. So um, so but there's a, there's a uh, there's actual some real um, exciting thing that's been going on recently. So, so do you want to yeah, let me introduce let me, that? Yeah, let me just tell you a little bit. I'll maybe tell you a little bit about sports um, and and the team that I'm in. So we've been focusing on sports for the last five years. Um, I've been in dimension, previous Dimension Data, now NTT, for, for six years in total, and luckily five years in sports. Um, but in that five years, we've used sports as a, as a vehicle to innovate within the company. So it gives us, you know, you, we get the opportunity to work with some interesting companies and event organizers and things like that, but it then enabled to see technology that we wouldn't necessarily get, you know, a view on. Um, there's some fascinating stuff out there. Just, I mean, just to dive straight into the tech because I'm Keep sure that's why everybody's it. listening. Yeah? <laughs> this, this is a technology um, podcast. You know, we've seen some stuff this year that we were we were thinking about playing with on on the events that we're going to talk about shortly. Um, things like smart pills, which you know people swallow and then it'll basically measure your core temperature and you can connect to via Bluetooth <laughs> to see how hot you are inside. Um, basically, this is you know created by a company. That, I mean, quite a sad story really. The company that created it was was a guy that his son died doing a run. And because he overheated, so he decided to develop something that would, you know, help prevent that in the future. But yeah, I mean, some some amazing tech that's that's out there, and, and definitely great to play with and, and, and bring into events. Oh, it's brilliant! So there's a quite a, an impressive thing that uh, James. A guy called James, what's McDonald. his name? James McDonald. I forgot his surname now. There you go. Good I need to edit myself out. Like don't worry, any works for no, our I company. <laughs> I but I don't know everybody. I don't know everybody. Surprising. Surprising. <laughs> um, but there's a guy, James McDonald, who. Uh, is a quite a sporty person, and he's tried to, to do a, re- a world record attempt, and he's done it. Didn't he do the John O'Groats one as well? Yes. Yeah, so he's did. he's done a. F- so I've known James for for five years, and and it's it's interesting. I just got quoted in the press calling him mad, which he finds quite amusing. But um, I've I've been and supported them, or Dimension Data and NTT have supported them. You know, James and his his team over the the past three events, and the first one was he did the race across America, which is you know west coast to east coast, riding three thousand miles. And he did it in 11 and a half days. I mean, it's just unbelievable. You should have seen him at the end. He, you know, he couldn't even, like, clench his fists anymore because, you know, he was so... He, basically, the road noise had made him, <laughs> made him <laughs> unable to. Um, and then after that, we didn't think he was going to do anything else, but then he was sort of like one of these conversations. I know, I'm going to do a world record attempt. I'm going to do John O'Groats to Land's End to John O'Groats. And then, if, sure enough, he went and trained for it and, and smashed that record as well, so he's a world record holder. And then, you know, we were thinking, there's no way he's going to do anything else after this. And then about 20 months ago, there's this phone call. Tim, I'm kind of thinking about doing something in the velodrome, another, another endurance um, session. And um, came and said he wanted to try and break the, the world record 
to do the longest distance ridden in a velodrome in 24 hours, which of course is no small feat. Well, so how does how does the technology get involved with that then? So I'm just thinking, is it? I mean, he's he's phoning you up. He's obviously needs your support or your help in some sort of way. But it's it's. But what what does the technology? What 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 does you mean? We, this is a sports technology podcast. Yeah, so it's it's kind of. I mean, if you if you look at, I mean, the way that we approached this this time was was much in the way that any of us would would approach one of our customers. It's like, what what is it that you're trying to achieve? What is it? How can we help you? You know get the most out of James. Basically, we wanted to have a, a way to, they wanted to have a way to have to make smart decisions, you know, during the event. So they could then say, for example, James, you need to speed up or you need to stop or, or whatever, whatever the case may be. So it's about you make, helping him to make real-time decisions on how to hit, 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 achieve the record. Yeah, yeah. It's so, you, you know, he's he's trained for 20 months to, or he trained for 20 months to, to do this attempt. Um, and, and, you know, part of that training was for him to be sitting at around 200 watts or, or, or pedaling, I think it was 84 revolutions um, a minute. So his cadence would be 84 revolutions per minute. Um, and, and then sustaining that for a period of time. So his training's been all about getting that level, setting the bike up in the right way, but then also making sure his heart rate's in the right zone. So they've been training to bring his heart rate down. So he's not actually working that hard sitting at that mm-hmm. level. So it's about conditioning his body. So if you think all the training, they've got it all to that point, um, you know, and then they get in the velodrome and it's like how, you know, all the training's been post-analysis. How do you then enable Gary, his performance coach, to, to then make a decision, say, actually, James, you need to speed up or you need to slow down. Or if he's trending in an upward or downward, you know, trajectory on any of those, any of the things that we're measuring. So we, we kind of used a load of sensors to, to get that information back to the team to um, enable them to make those decisions. So. Uh, and what kind of sensors are we talking about? So we had... We did a few different things. It was almost a, a few different layers to, to the solution, and 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 we'll let I'll let Martin talk a little bit about how we enabled that. I mean, because obviously we went in almost from a fresh canvas for this, and mm-hmm. said, okay, these are the different layers that we need. But there was a whole enablement layer, which which Martin can talk about in a second. But on top of that, we we then sort of created a data capture layer, which enabled us to to capture information from James's bike. Well, he was just riding around, so no cables, no nothing, no no applications. And then we just used the standard AMP Plus um, sensors. We're now AMP Plus oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. is a sports protocol, basically, and it's you know you can go and buy this stuff from your, your yeah yeah. I got I got them on my on my bike as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we had his power. You had a power meter, a speed sensor, a cadence sensor, and a heart rate monitor. And then in addition to that, we put we we basically put a series of anchors around the edge of and the inner and outer edge of the velodrome. And what that allowed us to do is it allowed us to put a tag on James and get a 3D position from him as well. So we could position him to within about five centimeters. And, and that was, again, <laughs> we put that in. We had to have people coming in doing laser surveys and stuff so we could get really accurate measurements from the place. And then, yeah, set that up. But um, so once we got all that, we could then, we'd, we'd wrote some, a series of algorithms that enabled us to calculate things like, you know, is he... If, he, if he's riding at this moment, so we did a comparison, live comparison on Strausser, who, who's, I think I've pronounced his name correctly, yeah, something yeah. like that. Um, the guy that's got the current, you know, the current record holder to see if he was in front or behind him. Because then, of course, you know... Because the a velodrome's a velodrome. It's, it's a standard and it's, it's, it's obviously in the sense of it's, it's like a running track, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, most of them are the same. So, you know, the majority of them are 250 metres. This one's 250 metres. So it was, you know, that's part of the record attempt is that it has to be 250 metres, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. essence. So... 
there's a black line that runs around the inside of the track. That's the 250 meters. I think it's the next line up, which is a blue line, is mm -hmm. like 17 meters longer. So you can imagine the closer you are, because they measure in laps, not distance. The yeah. closer you are to that as well, the more efficient that you're riding. So, so you could be really inefficient and go right at the top or yeah. be super efficient right down the bottom. Yeah, Yeah. so one of the things you've got to consider, right, when we talk about how the industry is changing, this was a real use case for machine learning. So the algorithms that were created by your team, yeah. you know, that's taking tangible data and putting it in real time and at the special coaching team that were there supporting James, which I know that, Tim, you work with, you know, that was, when I sat with them, they couldn't put a price on that data because they have to wait either post-event mm. and, you know, and then they have to give feedback. You know, in an event like this where everything is ridiculously close, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, like mad. And then all of a sudden, you can make an immediate decision. A coach can then tell um, James, look, you need to increase speed. Or Does this actually happen in, is this just in this environment that, you, that you're, because it feels like it's uber real time. As in your sort of, it is. And, and, and is this type of technology used anywhere else, or is it just specifically because this was a world record attempt? We needed to be that more accurate. So, as, as to, to my knowledge, nobody's done this kind of thing in the velodrome yet. And I've seen some of the other national teams that they do something which is slightly, you know, near real time, but not quite as much, you know, in this way. Um, you, you, the whole, fo like like Martin says, the whole focus was to get that data, get it analysed, sort of sub second and then get it visualized in a very clear way, clear, understandable way, so that they can make decisions based on it. Brilliant. So, Martin, what did... So, in my head now, we've got a velodrome set up, they've got a lot of technology, you've got sensors all on the bike, you've got the whole track laser m measured with, with those, <laughs> yeah. with those <laughs> sensors all around it. How do you get all this information in, and, and, and does that involve our technology? Well, I, I think give you my story now. So, 10 yeah, months ago, James, James came to me... Um, because he knows my background like you do, Justin. And he goes, look, we need somebody that can just get stuff done. Right, we can't muck around. You know, there's That the, is your middle name. The absolutely. Doer. Henson. The doer. Oh, yeah. Martin and the Doer Henson. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> um, yeah, and he came to me, he goes, look, we, we've got this idea. We're going to do this with, with NTT. We're going to digitalize a velodrome. Sounds corky, but that's exactly what we did. Um, and we wanted to take it a step further. Now, we know we've got a portfolio of, of Enterprise, Classic, that we've done this, Stadium Vision, etc. back in the day. But we said, no, do you know what? We're going to do it with Meraki. Cisco Meraki, it's the right solution. Um, and there's a few reasons. One of them is, is that we, did want, we wanted to create a platform for innovation. And what we meant by that is Newport Velodrome, is, everything's about the community. So it's more than just, you know, it's there to help James, you know, provide a stable platform where Tim's team can get all the analytics, et cetera. You know, it has to be stable, all the normal stuff that you expect in an enterprise. But more importantly, post-event, right, is that we're going to leave a legacy. Mm -hmm. And that's ultimately, you know, the byproduct of what we're going to leave for them. Um, and, and with that, there were so many use cases that we, we, we were coming up literally spitballing both um, NTT and Cisco about what, what we could do, you know, Newport. So Steve Ward there, he's come up with his own ideas. Yeah. Espresso coaching team started coming up. So all of a sudden, you know, that platform... Oh, and what, were those, the, what were those ideas then? Yeah, so uh, one of them is a CRM integration with Cisco Meraki using our API. Okay. Um, Customer relationship manager. Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. And what the plan is, is they want an ability to say, to get to know the customer. Like, you know, <clears throat> it's a standard phrase in the industry, right? Especially in retail, in retail shopping. But for them, it's incredibly important because a lot of that community is deprived. So they go to the, the velodrome to A, to get away from that situation, 
and B, sport helps. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the um, derivatives derived from the government as well. And yeah. listen, I think just, just to add, before you move on, it, this, this getting to know your, your, your client, your fan, you know, whatever that mm. person may be, that, mm-hmm. that touch point is quite difficult in some places. I mean, I see it across all the sports industry is, you know, the, the event organizers will not be usually the direct sales or direct contact with, with the person that's going to go and watch the event. It might be that there's no tickets. If there's tickets, it might be sold through somebody else like Ticketmaster. Mm-hmm. It might be watching a broadcast. They don't own the relationship in broadcast. So I think this was quite interesting. So, the, when, so when you go to so when you go to a sporting event, you turning up there on the day is, is like the first time that the actual location. So I'm th- you mean I, I I like my sport. You mean yeah. I, I unfortunately I support certain teams. Um, Who were they? Oh, oh, Cardiff City. Oh sure. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Just been relegated. I know. I know. But it's that bit of you mean I turn up there mm. and that's the you mean and the whole experience of the day. I doesn't really involve anybody from the club. I just turn up there, watch the team, and then go home. Yeah, exactly. You mean you look at all the retail, and then I look at sort of from a rugby perspective, and you go to the in uh, the Principality Stadium in, in Cardiff. Mm. You mean that's it? Like for example, you mean the tickets go out, then people turn up there on the day. Mm. The, the actual Welsh Rugby Union don't know who's turning up, what they're like, what how old they are. It's just a ticket. It's a huge. It's a huge challenge for 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 a lot of clubs. I mean, especially stadiums. It's a huge challenge. You can see a lot of them trying to address that now, and you can see event organisers mm. trying to address it now by you know how okay, we'll give you free Wi-Fi as long as you you're logged on through our mm-hmm. app or something like that. Register on our app, you get free Wi-Fi. It's a it's a classic and easy use case, and it gets you that one step closer. Plus, once you've got that, then you can use the technology to. I'm not going to say track people around, but understand their their flows through. Yeah, yeah but you don't track people. Building. You're tracking. You're tracking the flow of of. You mean you, and like we talk talk about heat maps. Is it where do yeah. people congregate? I don't yeah. care who you are. That's right. I want to know where you're going, where you're spending your time. Uh, you mean, for example, the choke points. You mean we all mm, sit there. Yeah. You mm. mean I, I went to a, an event on the weekend at, at Wembley Stadium, and all fine. It totally. It wasn't a sporting event, but the the demographic there. I'm looking around, going, "This is a different demographic when I go to when I watch sport here." And then you think about the choke points when you're trying to get out of the place. Yeah, yeah, and also within a velodrome, there's not like a, a massive space like a stadium to go in, right? Mm-hmm. So human behaviour is really important because you only have maybe 500 seat stands, right, for people to sit on, and you can, you can go around it, but where do people congregate? And obviously with the heat maps within Cisco Meraki solution, they can see that, they can visualise that, but it also allows the business then to make decisions about, well, actually, could we put something over there, or so do we need to put a there? a really good point there, because if you think from, from the velodrome's perspective, if they, um, if they rent the place out for an event... You know, you can say this, we've, we could see from the flows from past events, this is where people are going to be. And then they can best structure that. They can best structure where where they put their stands or whatever, you know, so it really helps. Mm. And uh, th- so what was the, the technology that we used for Meraki in, in this environment? Is it... So, yeah, so for the environment, we, we just put in switching and um, access points with external antennas. Um, within the actual velodrome itself. So we only covered the velodrome, but actually we use a lot of kit, a lot of kit. Mm. Because um, you had to put a lot of resiliency in there, but we had to scope for growth as well. Mm-hmm. And it's not just so you built event, it. You didn't just do it just to connect the. Because I can't no. imagine it was full of people. No. There was a, mostly like a, a small team. There was at least one person there. That was James. No, yeah, there was only one. <laughs> there was only one person there. The rest. Of, well, because you connected everything, you didn't have to be there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're all sat at home watching it. Um, <laughs> sorry, I've been I've been facetious. But the, there's. But you you kitted it out for full capacity. Correct. Right, okay. And that includes, yeah, for client to AP density, absolutely. So you could literally fill that place up 
and the performance would be top notch. Yeah, and that's the bit. You I mean we're both well. You're still technical, and I used to be. Um, but it's that bit. That's not easy to do in in a a what we call like a high density environment. As you've got lots mm. of people, and everyone's got more than maybe one device, couple of devices. Giving them that user experience and having it set up for that is not an easy job at all, is yeah. it? And then one of the other use cases that came up from that was the spectator. So spectator interaction. You know, if I go back to you know the London Olympics. Wouldn't it have been great if you're a real, you know, mega bike enthusiast that you can sit there and look at, it wouldn't necessarily be real time because obviously we have a competitive situation, but say there was a slight delay, you know, and you want to see the cadence mm. of cyclists and they're listed down, you know, that's quite an, an immersive experience. Yeah, because yeah, I, I know as, as a cycling fan and I, and, and uh, I mean, I love, love watching sort of the events as Tour de France, things like that, and you sit there and you get the speed and they show you, the, this is what the front of the peloton's doing, this is what the back of the peloton's <laughs> doing. But you don't get cadence, you don't get the thing. And I know, obviously, you don't want to be given that, but you, you, you're interested. You yeah. mean, as a fan, you, you mean, I geek out on it. And you mean, apart from looking at the bikes and getting overexcited, just looking what the bikes they're riding, and knowing I can't afford one, but, <laughs> it's, it, it, but it's that level of, it gives you more of an immersive experience. If you really care about it, you mean, they do it at football. They, they sit there as the pundits and they show the angles of the, th- oh, look at this shot here. But then th- there's the same thing is going to be in any sport. Well, look, that- at, look at the Pendleton bike, Victoria mm. Pendleton. That came out, right? You're at home and you get that immersed experience, but you're competing, mm. right? That's exactly oh, yeah, yeah. the scenario that you're going to get when you go to Newport Life Velodrome. Like that's the, what's one of the business ideas they've got. You know, how, how can they bring more people in? How can they encourage like Team GB to use it? Other nations like Team because that's the bit of going. You're going to have the connector stadium and just say, "Come here, use this." Yeah, exactly. And this is the experience that you're going to get. So one of the things that we so we, we we started looking at how to how to enable this. We worked with a, a company a few years um, ago called Madison. They had a six day series which was in in the velodrome, um, and we kind of did the first iteration of this solution with them. And the, and the rationale of it, around the 3D tracking was, was the interesting bit for us, or one of the interesting bits. And our rationale was they, there's a, a, a race called the Kirin race where they do a hand sling. So basically they ride in pairs and they sling each other and, and use like a catapult motion <laughs> to get the other one to go faster around the track. And, and, and myself and a colleague, uh, Rob Webster, we sat talking about this and it, it was kind of, you know, wouldn't it be interesting if we could understand where they did the sling, how, you know, if, if how they did that sling was affecting whether they won the race or not. So we really mm. wanted to get down and deep into the strategy around it because at this moment, nobody can do that. The one thing that's come, th- come from this, so from, just from, the, from James and his record attempt, you mean, what was all the technology? You, you, you talked about it and how you laid the ring, but is this, was everything just coming over the wi- wireless or was it all wired in? Or? It was a mixture of both. Well, yeah. And how did, did you, were there the aspects, aspects to this? Because obviously, I must imagine it's a closed event, but you just yeah. go in. No, right, how, how, no, it was a public event. It was a public event. So, how do you keep it secured? Was it, were, there, were there other considerations in there? That yeah, so, so from like an uh, expectator, you know, duty of care perspective, there's always an existing service which we left, right? Because we don't want to get, there's a um, legal intercept and other laws that, you know, we can't interfere at this stage. Eventually, it will solely be on Meraki and Meraki only. That's the ultimate plan. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the devices, so the stuff that sensors that Tim and his team had put in, that had to all be hardwired. You know, we did try it over wireless. And it did work, actually, to be fair, but we couldn't run the risk because the, uh, well, the, event, the event is that requirement for that streaming telemetry 
it's just it's just too important. Mm. But we needed visibility. So the system It's like you can't it. risk it exactly. for a biscuit. You're just going, do you know what? If if this has worked so wireless, but if something happens on the day We've we've seen so uh, and from oh. experience teaches me and I've yeah, yeah, yeah. this the very, very hard way. Um, including DHCP. Uh, no, <laughs> no I've, I've, I mean if you we we did this the first very first iteration of this this kind of stuff that we did was all over Wi-Fi. Yeah, so basically you're capturing data over 2.4 gig for Bluetooth. Mm -hmm. You're capturing over 2.4 for Wi-Fi as well. You, it's it's all great when nobody's in there. There's no, it's not busy. It's not. There's no congestion. No nothing. So it all works great. And then we've been in velodromes where there's 10,000 people and everything just stops. And you're like, oh dear. Why is that? Because everyone's full of everyone's made up of water. Well, and no, it's water it's, really it's good for a blocker. It's, of it's, it's because you've got 10,000 people trying to connect to the same Wi-Fi yeah. as you, and everything. Your just noise floor congested. goes up. Yeah. I'm geeking oh, out again. Stop you've it. Got stop everybody. It. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we we both started off as radio engineers in the, in, in the old days, didn't we? So. Exactly. So you can tell me why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the big big one for us was was Bluetooth. Because everybody leaves Bluetooth turned on on their phone. Yeah, and that's a big. That's well, that's yeah. And trying the two point four, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Two point four gigahertz for anybody else yeah, who's interested. Yeah, we basically had everybody trying to connect to the gateways, um, and and you know even though we'd we'd sort of whitelist a layer in to what we wanted to listen to, we'd have ten thousand, well not ten thousand people, but five hundred devices. So trying to, to do that, and it, it, for, so from a user experience, as in a spectator experience, so it's about just getting them connected getting them out onto the internet, sharing on social media and, and, and getting some benefits from that, connecting the, the spectators. And then that gives you a load of benefits from the from the events people or from the the, 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 the velodrome owners. They can get some really good anonymized data as well. Right. That is also just saying anonymized. Yeah. But then that leaves the challenge of going, if you want to leave all that on, how do you guarantee that the real bit was that was the connectivity for or from the from the sporting for James and the event him uh, being successful. That's the that's where it gets that line of right. Okay, we've got a guarantee. We've got to make sure this is nailed up and works. So that's where sort of wired connectivity does come in. Yes. You mean it's a bit like yeah. Well, not only that, but it's it's so again. We when we did the wireless stuff, you you have the 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 challenges. Everything needs power, mm. right? So PRE. we ended up. It wasn't PoE. So we ended up having to have power to everything. And, and you can imagine trying to power cable in 12 sensors around the inside of a track or, or 18 on the inside of a track and 12 on the outside of a track. It's not not an easy thing to do. So PoE really saved us a significant so you, amount of hassle. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you just... Pa so that really is because this is, feels like it's a bit like of an IoT thing, Internet of Things, of the sense yeah. of you've got yeah, these sensors all going around. and on the, on, Did you have to segregate that? Do you have to do some sort of security oh, separation? It was, se it was separated, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. Subjects. We had to segregate it and we had to put a QoS policy on it as well. Yeah, quality service, yeah, yeah just yeah, to absolutely. make sure. All right, okay. So what's left? So you've left the Wi-Fi in there. Left everything. Left, left everything. Even the sensors? Yeah, yeah the whole, everything. Just in, yeah. Like, we did, the only Is it just because you didn't want to be bothered to pack up again? <laughs> no, do you know, it, it was actually a co-funded co engagement. So, you know, we got... Tim's resource, his team, all that technology went in, and the Cisco Meraki team, so Ben Fuller, and they all agreed to donate the kit um, to the velodrome on the pretense that we were going to leave a legacy. Oh, that's brilliant, so, though, isn't which, it? Yeah. Which is great because we all got emotionally bought in to, you know, to the team. We got emotionally, absolutely, massively emotionally involved in um, in James's attempt, you know, in the importance of it. You know, and there was no such thing as, as time off, right? It was yeah. get the job done. So Plus, we cut big holes in the velodrome, so we couldn't take the kit out. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Jane put it down here. <laughs> is, is there anything that... What, what did you learn from this, then, from a technology perspective? Is there anything you learned, or have you done it already, Tim? Um, have, you, have you made all your mistakes? You know what? Um, 
we we we've, we're always learning, right? You're always learning. If you if you're not learning, then you, it's you know things get boring, don't they? And, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And it's time to do something else. But I mean, we had a couple of curveballs thrown to us. So timing's always an issue because because when you're innovating, you know you haven't got six months to do stuff. It sort of unfolds, and an event is a is a is a really hard stop. It's like okay, your event starts at twelve o'clock on Saturday. You can't delay the event, so you've got to be ready for twelve o'clock on Saturday. Um, and so some of the things that we got thrown curveballs on this time were, well, James was, was riding around and everything was working perfectly. And then one of the sensors on his bike, we were counting the revolutions of his back wheel. So the sensor would send, you know, telling us mm -hmm. this information and it jumped and we had a spike and he did 35,000 kilometers an hour for a second. And you can imagine we're, we're actually capturing historical data. So all his historical data just went. Because it's, yeah, yeah, because it knocks out your averages. Because it and, out. So yeah, it went yeah. from, you know, a, a 39 kilometer average to a 70 kilometer average. And then we, we were sitting there going, what, what just happened? And, and so, you know, we, we had the team online and everybody was sitting there we were sort of looking back through the data to figure out what had gone on. Um, and then there it was. So we, we then had to just go back in and on the fly. Cut put, it out, was put it? Put an offset in. No, we calculated where he was. Got an exact time when he went across the line, calculated an offset and re removed, well, added that offset and then brought it back to where it was. So you just negated that spike? Mm. Yeah, yeah. But there was a lesson learned because we hadn't, I'd never, you know, in five years, I've never seen a spike like that in my entire life. So that was a one-off. And it's like, you can never, you, you can, you know, you learn, you learn every time, <laughs> but you can never foresee everything. It just does not happen. So, yeah, All right, it's okay. Fun. One well, of the that, reasons that. I like working in live events. It's All right, okay. <laughs> Expect the unexpected. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and we had issues as well, didn't we, with the testing phase where the network went down. The randomly oh, yeah. just, just went off. Yeah. Right, Did you unplug it? No, because there's so many different layers of organic growth in that infrastructure that you can't predict everything because you don't have visibility of everything. Some of it's run by the council. You know, Newport have their own management. They've got like three other third parties involved. So there's a lot of variability. And then one, one of them does something. The impact is massive. Yeah. So we had to we had to eradicate that by working with them and you know all these different partners in order to stabilize that infrastructure to meet the needs of what James needed and what mm -hmm. Tim needed to ensure that data was going to be you know 100%. So the big burning question is on the top of my head is was he successful? Unfortunately not. No. no. Oh, no. So so he took a, a bit of a tumble. So it was really really unfortunate because it was that velodrome is is hot. It's not I mean, when you ride outside, it's 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 nice. You can relax, and, and it's not really dry heat. It's, it's 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 you know you don't dehydrate too much. But it was very very hot in there because it had been a really hot day, and um, James was sort of riding up the top of the track, poured some water on himself to cool himself down, and then 30 minutes later, he'd forgotten about it, went up to stretch his legs a little bit, and slipped his wheel basically slipped on the water that he'd put no. on the track, and and he went down. He was doing 40k, and then he was he was basically down for 22 minutes. Um, well, they patched him up and, and, you know, made sure he was okay. He then decided to get back on the bike, which big kudos to the guy. Um, I'm not sure I would have done that. But um, there was a, a discussion then because, you know, 22 minutes off, he's not going to make the 24 anymore. So, we, you know, the discussion went along. Do you want to do you want to do the thousand kilometer record, which is then 27 hours riding? And he's like, yeah, OK, let's do it. So he extended it. He extended yes, he so I'm yeah. going to go for I mean, longer is, and go is, for a bigger <laughs> record. <laughs> Go big or go home. Uh, exactly. <laughs> go big or home. That's exactly what he said. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. Um, and then he wrote... I, I like to say that was another, my saying, but it's not. A, a, another five hours. Um, but because because he'd injured himself, I mean, he, he got to the point where he, he basically... They, they told him he wasn't, you know, he wasn't going to do it. Um, they looked at the data and made the decision and said, mm. you know, you're going to have to come in, mate. 
and so really really so sad. so is actually using the data it was able to ha- help to make the decision going yeah. look it doesn't matter what you're doing you're not peddling at the it's rate not you're, you're, not, yeah. you're so not there's no point you 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 know sitting there for another 10 12 you're, hours you're you're missing it already you're missing from, it you're yeah. not going to do and it. you're and you're not going to be able you, you, you're going to have to keep making up more and more and more so you might as well just yeah so oh, it's mean, a shame yeah it is a shame it's it's a shame and it's it's good that they were able to make that decision and they had the information to make that decision but still i mean yeah as martin said earlier everybody was very emotionally involved and in, mm-hmm. uh, in bought into the whole thing because we'd all been working on it for such a long time um, i mean we really did feel for james but he's he's a rock star that bloke mm. in the morning we met him that was quite yeah uh, we, were, we weren't sure how to um approach him if mm. i be honest because we know we know james really well you know we looked at each other and we just we just cracked some jokes, didn't we? Because yeah. there's nothing else to do. And he was you so, got it that night, though. Oh uh, yeah, well you know me. <laughs> yeah. and, then he, <laughs> and he just came, and he was so, he just he just had a laugh with us, didn't he? he had a crack yeah, with us, yeah. and you know he told us a few stories. But you know that was it. He was like, well, I can imagine he'll do it again. Yeah, yeah. What yeah, an yeah, experience, yeah, yeah. and that was his words. And they're so humble that he just said, "What an experience!" And you almost started choking up. You're thinking, "Crikey, you know, don't go crying nice on podcasts." <laughs> Yeah, don't go crime. Don't go I'm, crime. Sure he's, I'm sure he's going to be listening to this. So well done, James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well done, James. Well done, mate. Yeah, yeah. And, bring, and bringing stuff to Wales is amazing. As, everybody, yeah. as, as regular listeners know, that I, I do live in Wales, and I'm from Wales. There we are. But it's um, so that's that's a real shame. But at least the technology was. I mean, there's always there's such a great legacy that's come from this. From what you're saying, what's been left behind um, from that perspective. So yeah, there's, so there's 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 two projects that were. Um, that both NTT and Yep and Cisco will discuss with them. Um, one of them is about um, dementia care, so putting an RFID tag or tag mm. on the back of a, a patient or a family member at home that a carer or family are looking after, and putting it in a person in a safe place, you know, where they can't get injured, they can't get hurt, to give the families and carers a, a safe time. zone type yeah, thing, yeah, 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 where they can, you know, we can see that data in the heat maps and the graphs. We can geofence it, so give a boundary to it, that person. And it just allows them a bit of downtime. And it's, as you can imagine, if you're looking at somebody 24-7 a day, mm-hmm. it's a lot emotionally and a lot physically. And it's just giving the, that community and those families and carers time where they can just have a bit of downtime, have a coffee, you know, have a... If that's what the legacy of this is, then that's, that's amazing. one of them, yeah. And there's another one other we were talking about in that um, with the schools. So... Because there's the, the platform being cloud-based, there's APIs that you can consume. And, you know, Cisco has DevNet, and we run events that a lot of people, customers come to, partners, etc. We were thinking about hackathons. So, you know, we don't know what talent exists within that Newport community. But if mm-hmm. we run a hackathon, you know, we can allow you know these young people or old people it doesn't really matter an age to come in and they can get some skills well into the velodrome and just yep. use that and say right here's a bunch of cisco infrastructure cisco meraki infrastructure yep. develop an app see yeah. what you can do with it yeah, see what you get data. it's, a, it's yeah. interesting because we we did the same thing last year we 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 had an innovation hack fest um this we had one this year which was around creating demos within the organization but last year we did one called Lacode to tour which is around you know the, what we show at the Tour de France. Some of the stuff that came out of it was just out of this world, like augmented reality applications, machine learning models. So you start opening that up to, to people and you'll be amazed. Just say, here's a bunch of data. What can you do with it? Yeah, How they, can you interact with it? They look at it differently. So exactly. you know, I'll look at that data set and I'll go, okay, so this is some, oh, I, I can see us doing this. Martin will look at it and probably come up with the same thing because I'm super good. Okay. <laughs> but somebody else, somebody else might come up, you know, and look at look at this data set and, and, and really look at it from a left field and, and come with something that nobody's even thought about. So it's, it's a bit of diversity, diversity yeah. of thought, and just unis. get other people who don't have 
you don't yeah, come don't, with a bias that we have. I just I look at this, see what you can that's do. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Bias so, and also knowledge, technical on. knowledge. Yeah, yeah. We had people coming in and, and doing stuff with no technical knowledge and they would, they, they'd introduce things that we would have never thought of because we know what's possible. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's yeah. true. Or oh, oh, we think we know what's we possible. Think, yeah, that's exactly. the, it's a bias thing. You're and right. it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, girls, like my daughter's in secondary education right now and they're teaching her all this stuff that, you know, we're going through and to her that become mainstream. Mm-hmm. But as you say, they get such a left field approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Universities, you could open up that data to them and they could analyze it, you know, mm-hmm. and they might find this little snippet that actually all the coaches in the world may never see, but one yeah, person yeah. finds it. Awesome. So that's the that's the legacy that the platform, when I say platform, I mean that's everything that Tim and TT have done and what Cisco have done. Yeah. It's, and that's that's pretty it's pretty been sick. Like one amazing co innovation project for sure. Oh wow. It's like an amazing project that That's brilliant. Done. Where where else have you Well I mean I'll I'll talk a little bit. Um we we obviously working in a sports team, we've done quite a lot of um, different things. We obviously have a, a partnership with the ASO and work on the Tour de France, and I'm part of the team that goes there every year. So a big part. Of I am my not. Job. I'm not envious at all. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a lie, by the way. I am. I've got the green-eyed monster. I am proper. You know, it sounds amazing. Don't get me wrong. It's an amazing project to be on, and and we get to we get to play around and innovate and create stuff. I mean, this year one of the things that we're going to be doing is we're doing some edge analytics. So we've redeveloped. The analytics platform to work in the back of a car because one of the things one of the challenges we have is data transmission so yeah because uh, the amount of data coming out of that peloton yeah you think you mean all those riders you think how do you, how do you get all that away and not interfere with each other and make sure it's accurate and all that oh. do you want me to tell you how no, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah well, i do no, of course i do i just haven't so, the podcast long enough like, yeah <laughs> if, if, if the way that that works is it's it's um it's sort of a, a two um bridged or two-step transmission we we do sub gigahertz transmission which bounces up onto an aeroplane so it can basically got you got 10k line of sight up to a, an aeroplane once it gets so, to the aeroplane, so, so the aeroplane following you there's an aeroplane up in the sky for the tv transmission so well they have two actually because one's for redundancy in case it there goes you down. go can you think a redundant <laughs> aeroplane you, i never you, ever thought you should, you should do sd1 over that so you can use both <laughs> you can use both planes at the same time i, I never thought that i'd be part of a solution <laughs> with redundant aeroplanes i have to say that <laughs> we need to <laughs> yeah. um, but once it's got there it's basically the transmission sort of multiplexed in with the the video that goes to the end of the stage so they microwave it to the end of the stage there's three transmission channels they've got once we get it there we demux it and and you know we've we've got it then well we've 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 got a um i mean what's part of the output that our team does is we, we've got a service called race center which is i think it'll be racecenter.latour.fr which is where you can then go and watch digitally the the race unfold so you've got all the tracking information no. but then you have all the information from the broadcasters from journos rich media content and it tells the story and it you know unfolds stage by stage so you can get if you're sitting at work you can watch it at work just don't get caught <laughs> so so obviously tour de france is there any other anywhere else you do that well, you, you know we've we've been lucky enough to do some stuff with with red bull um and that's just been unbelievable because they're very innovative so we can get you know we really the thing with you know we're talking about tight time frames and and, <laughs> and and when the event starts it starts we've done some stuff with them where we've had a month to develop hardware and develop hardware yeah to, to 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 do tracking and and get information live because funnily enough that that i was i watched the uh, part of cisco live and out in san diego and they had one of the race teams uh, i think it was was it mclaren yeah, were there as well, and they were. T- and funny enough, they use Cisco Meraki as well. So it's it's amazing how much tech. We, we might not think we're you, part of this, you, but the technology industry is hugely part of it. We use you, 
uh, we use Meraki, and the reason that we use it is because it's just so easy. Yeah, it's so easy for us to use in an event because we don't want to have to go and roll out some complicated switches that that take forever and require somebody mega skilled to to, to implement. Yeah, it's yeah. usually me, which says says a lot. <laughs> we actually we actually did a, um, a, a bit of a I'm going to say proof of concept last year, and we wanted to measure crowd depth at a, a, a road cycling race based Ooh. on cameras that Ooh. were attached to the side of a car. So as a car is like driving, I'm down just thinking now when you track. have the, when you have the hill stages now and they and it gets nuts. Well, yeah, this is this is one of the, the the issues that we had. Once once we get into you know three four people, we can just about manage. Once you start getting you know like a <laughs> a square where there's a hundred people deep, yeah, it's really 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 difficult to actually accurately do it. It's uh, how do you? I mean, I mean, maybe that's that's the thing. You start with crowd depth and you you go into is there you know can you can you identify a possible issue or, or prevent mm. a possible issue yeah and that's the bit though isn't it it's it's mm. it's so it there's huge it, it, the 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 possibilities are endless aren't they and yeah. that's when you get if you get some diverse thought process in the sense of p- other people looking at it not with the that we've been in the industry for a long time view but then yeah. that's where you can start the possibilities are endless tim martin is there this has been absolutely amazing i am a fan uh well done to james unfortunately even though you didn't do it you're still you're still amazing um and the innovation that you've done and the legacy you've left behind has been is really great especially being welsh and you're leaving that in 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 the newport velodrome so say but i think probably the only thing is it's just you know it's been really cool to be part of a co-innovation project between ntt and cisco um and i can't wait to see what the next one is yeah yeah when you when (laughs) when it happens let us know drop us an email and we'll get you back on for sure but no for me it's it's just that opportunity. You know, we talk about it a lot in the industry. You know, when two parties come together to do something that's selfless for a single person that you totally believe in. And no matter, you know, what's any organization you work on, you're there to, to do something. And it all came together. The teams came together. There was so much energy, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. There was so yeah. much humor. Mm-hmm. The laughs, everything, you know. And you'll see all that. You'll, if you look online, you'll see it come out on, on GCN. You know, BBC Click will bring something out. Reuters will put a publication out. NTT, Cisco are going to be doing some video stuff as well. So there's loads to, you know, to go and have a look at. Come from this. Yeah, okay, definitely. Brilliant. Definitely. Thanks, guys, for, for joining the podcast. It's been really great, really interesting. Um, if you've got any questions, uh, you can contact the podcast at, at Justin Willen on Twitter, or you can email me at justin.willen at cisco.com 201L. So uh, thanks so much for listening. You can also contact us via LinkedIn. So uh, thanks for listening, and uh, see you on the next podcast.